The national champion is clad in and big on. orange. Alabama does it. National championship number 18. 13 in all. Absolute perfection. It's the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. A visit with Drake Holly and friends talking about the magical world of sports in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in and thank you for joining us here on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined in the studio by Coach Mike on the boards. It is Friday. It is the third Friday in October. So that means something. What happens? To, what's tomorrow? It's the third Saturday. The third in Saturday. In and for anybody that lives in these two adjoining states, they, everybody knows know what, what happens. Means. They know what that means. Uh, we were talking talking with our station manager today. He did some research for uh, a, a talk he was given this week about the history of the uh, – uh, history of the rivalry between Tennessee, Tennessee and Alabama. Alabama. Okay. And Bino Cook, those yeah. of us of our generation sure. know who Bino was. Bino has been quoted, you know, quoted saying, you know, the Tennessee Alabama rivalry is such that if you are planning something, he says, there's two things you need to keep in you need to keep in mind. Don't get married and don't die. <laughs> On well, that weekend. There's a, there's a terrific <laughs> and, and it was supposed you know and, and it was but uh but yeah, that's uh, you know this is a big, big weekend, uh, and and I've heard though that there's a generation of Alabama fans who don't really understand the vitriol of this because for 15 years, right, they dominated the series, right, and so they're kind of like, okay, so well, what's they, the big deal? We keep beating them. What's what's yeah. what's what's the big deal? What's the big? I mean, and, up until up until and, last year, coach, and I've said this before. Up until last year, there are Tennessee fans brought up in a Tennessee orange and white household, you know, with an orange pickup truck in the garage, with a you know orange and white camper outside, uh, you know, oh, in, we the, have, in the barn. We have a friend of the station who bought an uh, who who has an ambulance, an ambulance that they converted. That they can, they had it repainted okay. and converted. So they're, they're, to a tailgating. There are you, there are children or, or people, uh, like you said, a generation that started kindergarten and went all the way through college and graduated college, kindergarten, first grade through twelve, graduated college, a couple of years of college with, at least, yeah, without understanding or without knowing the feeling of the joy and the exhilaration of beating the university of Tennessee being beating the university yeah. of Alabama in football. Yeah. And so, and, and that's, and that's a rarity, the longest streak, which, ha, which during that time has been the longest streak winning streak in that rivalry between the two Tennessee's longest streak is seven years. And I think that began in 1995. Um, so, and like you said, yeah, they don't understand it. But but now I, I think I, after last year, after and winning, that was the comment after that, that I heard. classic last year, the fifty two forty nine in Knoxville victory over the Tide, first time in sixteen tries, um, or fifteen tries after fifteen tries, the first time. 
Um, now they get a little taste of victory, a little taste of blood in their mouth. And, uh, you know, they're kind of, they're, well, they get woke. I hate to use it. I hate to use that political term, but they are now uh, awakened or or woke. Well, there's a new energy. The- yeah, there's a brand new energy, but there's also a different energy around Alabama. I, I heard a I heard a clip where Saban was calling up on the Alabama fans. Yeah, you, you've got to get involved. Oh, absolutely. You, you've got to get involved. You got to help our players. You know why? In this rival, why is he having to ask the fans to get fired well, up for I, this? I, I, because again, in fifteen years, it's he's got a whole generation of fans that are who used have to never beating, lost that are used to up until last year. Tennessee. And someone said that you know that this this generation of fans is about to see a whole yeah. new world now yeah. that Tennessee's won the game, won won last year, and believes they've got a a really good chance coming in this year. You're about to see a whole new world in Tuscaloosa that you've never seen. They said you've never seen it. And and, uh, I think they're right. I I think there's about to, you know, Tennessee's going to walk into a absolute hornet's nest. Tomorrow. Well, they they need to. And they'll see. Home field advantage in football and basketball are probably the two biggest uh, or or the two sports where the home field advantage plays the uh, largest factor in my opinion i'm not a big hockey guy yeah. i think i think hockey also is a is a big factor baseball i don't mm-hmm. know but i mean football well, and basketball especially I, at the college level are definitely yeah uh home home, home court there's a, those and advantages. advantages and, and there's already you know there's already the talk and, and i i'm kind of like of course i'm the old coach be careful about giving bulletin board stuff to the other team but you know they one of the big ad campaigns around here was you know you saw them carry off the goalpost in in Nayland. Now the the Tennessee fans want to do it in front of the Alabama fans. Yeah, I think they'll. And put, I said, they're, they'll, yeah, they do that. There's going to be an absolute war. Yeah, <laughs> I, you talk about a civil war uh, amongst themselves. Even, even if Tennessee amongst, wins the game, amongst the Confederacy, <laughs> within the Confederacy, will be that if Tennessee tries to go on to Brian Denny Field uh, and take and take. Even down if Tennessee goal, wins the game, they're, yeah, wins. they're going to defend their turf. Uh, now, uh, some programming notes here for 101.7 and our sister station, 103.7. We'll go over those real quick. Uh, the Murray County Public School Systems Game Day Show and Game of the Week, which will be at Spring Hill tonight against as, a, as Tullahoma visits Spring Hill with a kickoff time of 7 o'clock tonight at Spring Hill against Tullahoma. The uh, Murray County Public Schools Game Day Show will air right here on 101.7 FM, WKOM, at 5.30. We'll have uh, talk about the game, have some local dignitaries on, and, and basically our version of the ESPN yeah. uh, Game Day Show. And that will run for an hour and a half leading up until the 7 o'clock If you haven't heard that, they have a lot of fun. Oh, you, you, have, guys, you guys have, have a lot of fun uh, with that. We have a good time and, with it. And you do get to – one of the, the neat things, I think, is that you get to talk to the, the home team coach. Yeah, and and a couple of players, which uh, you know, when I was playing, when I was coaching, that was kind of a rare thing, right? right. And so and it's, we bring it's, on it's administrators a, a from the feature. school. I'm sure Dr. Potts will come on, yeah. and so forth. Now, uh, Columbia Central will be on our sister station. They kick off at seven o'clock. Big Lou and Lee Maddox, his his dad, will be handling that broadcast on 103.7 FM WKRM. 
101.7 sister station signal, uh, as they always have for over 75 years, as Lawson, which used to be Hillwood. Hillwood, yeah. Right. Uh, Lawson, out of Nashville, will be coming down and visiting Columbia Central High School, and that kickoff is at 7 o'clock. And that is homecoming for okay. Columbia Central. So you so. guys get out to Lindsey Nelson Stadium on General Cartwright Field and enjoy the festivities or come up and, and watch Tullahoma at Spring Hill tonight. Uh, and both those games kick off at 7 o'clock. Now, tomorrow, Tennessee, Alabama, it's a 2.30 start. Time to go to the dentist. Get it? 2.30. Mm-hmm. 2.30. Okay. Yeah, anyway. right. Anyway, 2.30 start. And, Whatever uh, memory device you got to use. That's, that's, that's what I use. <laughs> Uh, and that game will be simul, simulcast on both signals, 101.7 and 103.7 FM. Start The kickoff is set for 2 o'clock, probably a few minutes after like it normally 2:30. is. 2.30. And that will, that will be – oh, I'm sorry, 2.30. And that will be broadcast on CBS. That's CBS's big game, um, as it should be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now – Pre-games, just a little note. Tennessee starts two hours before, so at 12.30, Tennessee pregame comes on at, and leads up to get kickoff at 2.30. That's on 103.7 WKRM. And then Alabama's pregame will be on 101.7, and it starts three hours before kickoff. So at 11.30, the Alabama pregame will start and go up until yeah. kickoff at 2.30. Yeah, is the Alabama fans just that much more long-winded? I don't know. I, think, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they just <laughs> – I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. I don't see, how do you how do you feel three hours? I can say you got a pregame as long as the game itself. And this, <laughs> I know that's crazy, but uh, so uh, that's what's going on as far as our programming guide goes. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about let's go and talk a little bit about the game itself. Okay, uh, we've got Major League Baseball coming up. We've got some college games tonight. I've got some picks for later on the show, so you guys get out a pen and a piece of paper. Don't go anywhere. Um, hopefully, we're going to make you some money. Uh, yesterday, they by the way, oh by the way, um, the Magic Eight Ball went four and zero oh last night as it gave out uh, the Jackson, on a roll. the Jacksonville Jaguars. It gave out over the total forty and a half in that game. It gave out the Arizona Diamondbacks, which won la- who which who won last night against the Phillies. And it gave the under in the total runs in that ball game. So that's that's four and zero. That would have made. Uh, let's see if you'd have put twenty dollars on a fourteen parlay. That would have got you back two hundred and twenty dollars for that information right there. And I'm not going to charge you a dime. And the Magic Eight <laughs> Ball because the Magic Eight Ball doesn't charge me a dime. So uh, just have the goodness of the Magic Eight Ball's heart. Okay. So anyway, uh, okay. We're going to talk a little bit about Alabama, Tennessee, and who's going to light up those – which team is going to light up those darn stinking cigars at the end. There's nothing – you know, and I don't want to offend you cigar smokers, but there's nothing smells worse <laughs> than, a, than, than, than a lit cigar other than maybe a lit cat turd. I read an, How I, about a lit cat turd? Yeah. Maybe that smells worse. I don't know. I I've read an article. I've a lit cat turd, yeah. but that's about the only thing I can think of that smells worse than a cigar. One of the things I read about this week was they at the Tennessee game last last year, 
they had to bring medics onto the field because people were actually suffering from smoke inhalation. There were so many. He said, and he said, and, and he, he saw an aerial view that the stadium itself was in a fog. I mean, I can look. I can just a smoky fog. I can stand cigarette smoke. I can stand weed smoke. I can stand just about any kind of smoke on this planet. But one thing I cannot do is sit next to somebody at a poker table or a blackjack table or just sit next to them in a social setting while they are puffing away on one of those yeah. big nasty stogies. I'd say, that, look, I go back to my playing days and my sissy. coaching days. I can't I, I can't stand any smoke around. Maybe so that I'm, makes you know. me a sissy. Maybe that makes no. me a punk. I don't know, but I don't care. But anyway, uh, the tradition is at the end of the Alabama-Tennessee game, the, the winners winner. uh, pass out cigars and start puffing away. Uh, and in order to do that, in order for Alabama, I'm going to go – I'm an Alabama fan, so I'm going to go through some things that I feel uh, Alabama has to do in order to fire up those cigars. I'll try okay. to answer to you okay. from the other side. Uh, first thing Alabama has to do, they got to play four quarters of Alabama football. If they don't play four quarters, a full four quarters against this Tennessee team of Alabama football, and that means – that means few uh, – very few penalties, very few mental mistakes, turnovers, executing. And, of course, this is, all, this is all Captain Obvious type stuff. Don't get me wrong. But Alabama has to do this and play Alabama football, unlike, unlike what they did against Arkansas when they broke out to a 21-6 halftime lead. And then ended up ended up winning the game by three points, 24-21. They scored three points in the second half. They succumbed to and, the and, early big lead and got complacent about and allowed, it. And, uh, and allowed Arkansas live to get back in that ballgame and have a shot at that ballgame after being up by 15 at halftime. What, what they should be able to do is put their foot on those dang hogs' necks and just squeeze the life out of them. Of course, them. the big quarterback from Arkansas has something to do with KJ that as Jefferson, well. KJ absolutely. KJ, you know. Now, given – okay, that's the first thing they got to do is play full course. Do you agree with – do yeah. you agree? Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, these and these are givens, okay? Alabama's defense has improved since the first of the year, especially over the last four games, okay? Um Alabama's offense, not so much. It's been it's been kind of inconsistent. I mean, you see the highlights of Alabama, and you see uh, Jalen Milrow dropping back and lofting up what looks like a punt, but really it's a deep pass uh, to Jermaine Burton um, or another wide receiver there at Alabama for a deep pass. But in between those deep passes and those long bomb Hail Mary-type scores, you're seeing inconsistency. You're seeing penalties on the offensive line, missed blocking assignments. Uh, Alabama has to limit penalties and turnovers because both of those have been drive killers for Alabama, yet they've also been penalties and have been drive extenders for their opponents. You see what I mean, Coach? I mean, you get the guys in third and – 16, kind of like the Titans. The Titans are one of the worst teams that they have to be. One of the worst teams in the F, in the NFL on third on, on allow having third and 15, their opponents having third down and 15 or longer, and their opponents converting those first downs. 
whether it's through penalties or just missed tackles or whatever the deal is. I don't know. But the Titans have to be one of the – I don't know. Somebody needs to look that up. So, turnovers, penalties, Alabama has to limit those, just like any any winning football team program has to. Uh, and I'll tell you what else Alabama has to do. They have to block Tennessee's front line. Okay? Tennessee has 20 – they're – they have 20 sacks already this year. 20 sacks. Their front, their front line has 20 sacks. Out of 24 sacks, so you give the other four sacks up to who, Coach? Defensive backs and safeties that you have coming in on a blitz. So Tennessee's front line of Tyler Barron and James Pierce Jr., they have 11 sacks between the two of them out of those 20. Alabama has to block those guys and keep them out of the backfield and give Milrow some time. Tennessee's Alabama, that's 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 how Alabama's gonna win this game is to block Tennessee defensive line. We're here at the first break. You just want to go Yeah, and, and uh, kind of give you a little teaser. I'll give the answer to that from the Tennessee side when okay. we come back from okay. the break. All right, this okay. is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to be right back as we're breaking down Tennessee, Alabama, because uh, we're less than 24 hours away from kickoff. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. It's my And welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Love me some Bon Jovi, by the way. Uh, and before we left you for that quick break and we've come back, we were talking about who's going to fire up those stogies tomorrow afternoon, uh, between Tennessee and Alabama. That is the ceremonial lighting of cigars for the winner of that football game as they kick off at two thirty in Tuscaloosa. Some people call it title town. I think, and you know, I think Green Bay, Wisconsin, didn't they, didn't they call that title yeah, Green town? Bay, yeah. Maybe the college title town with, and, and maybe so. I mean, Saban's done pretty well down there over since his, yeah, I, they've kind of, they've kind of earned that, earned that. I, I just call it Tuscaloosa. I don't, or T-Town. T-town yeah. I call it T-Town uh, or, or Tuscaloosa. So that goes back to the old, but anyway, that's where they're playing tomorrow. And I were, go, I was going over some things on, what it's going to take for Alabama to win the ball game, and one of the main things it's going to take is for Alabama to keep uh, the dynamic duo of the defensive linemen for Tennessee, Tyler Barron and James Pierce Jr., out of the backfield and uh, stop them from uh, sacking uh, Alabama's quarterback, Jalen Milrow, over and over and over again and giving Milrow some time to throw the ball and make some decisions and not forcing Milrow into bad decisions. Okay. Uh, you, you've, you've had your chance to, to, to pump what, what I, Alabama. Let me, let me finish up a couple more things. Oh, man. Let me, I've, got, I've, I've got – I mean, there's some okay. things. It's not just – this is not just the defensive line that we have to worry about at Tennessee. There are some other things out there that Alabama fans – need to take into account and that other that one of the other things is that three-headed running back monster um and the rushing game that the vols have uh 
coming into this game tomorrow. This year, uh, Wright, Small, and Sampson, okay? Three running backs for Tennessee. And you probably see more, I guess it's Jalen Wright, Jay. Yeah, I think so. And Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson. They already have 1,200 in between the three of them, Coach. They've got 1,203 yards and nine touchdowns this year between those three running backs. The Vols are averaging 200 yards a game rushing. Uh, And that is, you know, that's a lot of yards. And you know as well as I do, if you can run the ball effectively and play good, solid defense, force your opponent maybe into a mistake, a turnover, win the special teams game, then you have a good shot of winning the ball game. Yeah, you're uh, yeah, you're sounding like you're 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 getting into my now, into my list okay, over here for Tennessee and, and to win gonna, it. <laughs> get, and the last thing that I'm going to put I'm gonna, I'm going to put on Alabama that they've got to do in order to fire up those nasty stinking cigars tomorrow afternoon mm-hmm. is they've got to limit the penalties. Do you know how I many penalties Alabama? Of course, they were playing in Knoxville, and I don't know what you, what 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 the University of Tennessee pays those SEC officials for home games to call, make the calls. They pay they them do. the same thing everybody else the, does. What, what about <laughs> how much did they pay the guy for the face mask at the end of at the end of the Texas A&M game? That you know the face mask. Oh, yeah, right yeah. Right out, they missed right out right there in front of God same thing. They paid they paid uh, the back judge about ignoring got, the interference uh, call. Uh, so, <laughs> So now, now, now you're trying to rationalize and, hey, equal, and equalize. Referees equalize, are as human, human as anybody. Yeah. Referees are human as anybody, yeah, they, and yeah, it's part of the game. Yeah, they can be as corrupt and bought off as anybody, right? <laughs> okay, so the penalties. Guess how many last year in the Tennessee-Alabama game, guess how many penalties there were for on Alabama? Guess. One game. Uh, I think it was one of their bigger games of penalties. Try I think 17. That, yeah, I think that was one of the things that Saban was seven. upset about. That's 17. That's actually pre-snap. That's 130 yards in penalties. But a lot of those were pre-snap penalties yeah, that were you know, obvious. Uh, you that, know, I, I, okay. All right. So, so you're going you're gonna to say there's no, no, what, there's no judgmental penalty calls up in Knoxville? No, I'm not saying that. You know. just, it's all part of you know the same thing happens in T Town. You just what, you're just what not happens even, at the end of that Texas A&M Tennessee game if they call that penalty right there on the on Tennessee. I mean, he grabs it. What happens he if they turned, don't? If they call the interference the call, he helmet around on the I, kid's I saw face. It. I saw it, and the, and they showed it was the, a they, missed call. They showed the video, and they from the behind the yeah. referee, the referee standing there looking straight dead yeah. at it. Okay, yeah, he missed the call. But they also missed that just, interference call where the guy just, pulls okay. his arm down and I'm, he scores a touchdown critical, if he catches that. Critical times, and that changes the whole thing, tenor ti- of the game. Critical times in the game. <laughs> that was a critical time. You, you know, critical times in the game. Not as critical as your last drive trying to tie the ball game up. Just have to be at the end of the that clock. Critical. Oh yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. The, All right. Uh, so go ahead. Okay. Now on the Tennessee side of that, and it's you're going to hear a lot of echoes, obviously here. Uh, on this, the first thing Tennessee is going to have to do to win this game against uh, against Alabama is to stay within themselves. Uh, they are not the flash and dash team that they were last year. They're the running team. They're a running team this year. They've got the three headed monster that it does well, and they're going to have to lean on those guys really hard. They're going to have to win the running game. If they do, their defense is going to have to stop Alabama's and and, and take care of uh, Milrow and stuff like that. Do not. Do not, do not get into a shootout with Milrow. That's not going to end well for Tennessee. 
if they do that. Uh, secondly, they've got to stay, just like you mentioned, they've got to stay clean with the flags themselves. Uh, don't take yourselves, don't put yourself behind the sticks with uh, pre, pre-snap penalties, you know, jumping and, and stuff like that, which is going to be tough in the, in the crowd situation that they're going to be in uh, because if you get second and long, third and long, you're going to be forced into a throwing game, and that's, again, that's, that goes away from their strength. Third, they've got to play an almost perfect special teams game. They need to have a big play positively, especially, and they need to avoid the big mistake on special teams. You know, don't muff a punt or don't, you know, don't get, uh, you know, don't fumble a return here and there. Uh, And they they need to get a turn. If they can get a turnover on special teams, that would even be better, like a, a block or a fumble against Alabama, the, the the kickoff return for a touchdown. Again, that was the backbreaker uh, last week. against And, that, Texas, they can't against depend on, and I, if I'm Tennessee, I'm not depending on a punt return or no. a kick return to, to, and that's give why me, I said, don't, to give me to keep me in the lead of a ball game. Right, but, but that's why I'm also saying don't make the big gaffe. Don't let the special teams beat you, and hopefully if anything happens in the special teams, it happens for you. Then, you know, the fourth thing, there's, and there, I've got five things. Fourth thing, you put big pressure on Milrow without resorting to blitzes. The front four have got to do that, and Tennessee is more than capable of doing that. They've got to force Milrow into some bad decisions where he throws into coverage. He throw, he's, he's running. He doesn't throw really well under pressure, and so he'll, he'll try to force some things. Get him behind the sticks, you know, with a couple of sacks. Get him behind the sticks. Make him try to force it downfield. And Tennessee's defense then can make the big play. Okay. And then the last thing, and this is, you know, don't let the crowd intimidate you. It's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be a fantastic SEC atmosphere. Don't let it get bigger than it is. And, you know, you're going to have to focus. You know, again, they're going to do everything they can. Don't, don't let the crowd cause the pre-snap penalties of uh, you know the jumping and, and, and so stuff like that. Execution is, is right. key. You know, I mean, yeah. and so you know you and the, the way you do that, the way you do that, you know, the way it's going to be loud. Expect that you quiet it down by a dominant run game. You just literally gut punch them to where they can't breathe anymore. You take a eight ten play drive down the field, 75, 80 yards, score a touchdown, and that crowd suddenly starts getting quiet. There you now, go. And if they don't, and and again, if Alabama can push them a three and out or they get a big turnover, expect that crowd to really crank it up, and then you're going to have to get back on top of it again. So if they can t- do those five things, yep. Tennessee's got it. You know, they can do what you talked about. Alabama's got it. I, it's so evenly matched. I think this is an exciting setup because it, they, the teams are so evenly matched. It's going to take something. Uh, one thing I'm going to credit to Bear Bryant is that in a game like this, it's not going to be your stars that decide the game. It's going to be those second-line players. Who steps up in the second-line players, the role players that are playing, that make a a big big play that no one expects is going to make this game. The stars are going to cancel each other out. And uh, so uh, that's what it's going to take for Tennessee to win it. And, uh, you know, they got to stay within themselves. Uh, Don't get in the flash and dash game. You know, don't get in a shootout. Stay clean in the flags. Uh, perfect you know almost perfect special teams put pressure without blitzing on on milro and then don't let the crowd get to you there you, you know you know it's going to be loud it, it come in expecting that expect well, a raucous crowd because of, of especially with what happened last yeah, year. yeah i think we're both i think we're both looking 
you know, we could be wrong. We've been wrong before, but I think we're both looking at a low scoring ball game. Yeah. Uh, and a and a tight, Tennessee wants a low scoring and a tight, game and a tighter ball game than the eight and a half yeah. points that that uh, if it gets to be a high scoring game that's going to work against it. Tennessee. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's very unusual for what Heupel's been known for in his offense. So all you Wolverine fans, listen up! The NCAA informed Michigan and the Big Ten that it was investigating uh, the Wolver that the Wolverines were using illegal in person scouting to steal the play signals of future opponents. And, uh, you know, of course, the University of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh have said, oh, it, that's, this is ridiculous. We would never do <laughs> Who's going to admit it? <laughs> um, however, um, stats and uh, teams that they previously have played uh, seem to think different. And the use of in in person scouting, well, just because he went to a Belichick coaching clinic, you yeah, know, there, it was. There you go. <laughs> so we'll see what happens to that. Now, uh, other games this weekend tonight: SMU goes to Temple, and uh, SMU is favored by twenty three and a half. It's a pretty big number at Temple. Temple, uh, you know, I'd take the under if I someone held a gun to my head. I would take Temple plus the 23-and-a-half right there. Uh, college games this weekend, of course, 5-1 and one Tennessee uh, goes to number – and 17 in the country uh, goes to number 11 Alabama. Bama's got a 6-1 and one record. That over-under has dropped from 49-and-a-half down to 47-and-a-half. So people are betting the under uh, in that game, which is what I would do too. Uh, Penn, the other another big game and probably the other big biggest game of the weekend is number seven Penn State goes to the Horseshoe at Ohio State. Ohio I think that's going to be a really really good game. Yep. Uh, As number three Penn Ohio State's State a, is a now grinding team. Ohio State is favored by five and a half. That game is your morning game, so you get to watch. Penn State at Ohio State at 11. And then right after that's over, Tennessee, Alabama should be coming on. So that's a pretty good morning and afternoon. Pretty good one-two punch right right. there. Absolutely. Now, one of the better teams in the country, and people don't really realize it, is one of our service academies and probably the best team in the state of Colorado. And I'm not talking about Coach Primetime's Buffaloes. I'm talking about Air Force. They are undefeated, number 22 in the country. They play at Navy this weekend. They're favored by 10 points. And they and, play that crazy – well, I grew up with it, okay, is the that, triple option. This yeah. is just a triple option. It's not it's, really a RPO it, because they never no, throw the damn ball. No, it's it's a true triple option. Uh, now, it's a double-wing triple option, not the wishbone that OU and Texas and, and the Aggies used to run uh, quite a bit. But uh, – but, uh, well, but I mean, it is, it, it's it, tough it, to defend. Well, because you don't see it very often. And and you have to play what they call assignment football. You got to put about eight, seven, eight people up in the box. And, but you, you know, you've got to commit to practice. Yeah. And you yeah. got to practice it because the quarterback does a great job of well, reading. And the, the way that the play is designed is that they leave two guys unblocked and they, re- they read what they right. do. And whatever right. you do, if it's run right, whatever that guy does is wrong. Well, I watched him. I watched him play Wyoming this past weekend, and I had I put a little change, put a little coin on on Wyoming. And I Wyoming covered the twelve and a half, but I had Wyoming to win the ball game at a much higher odds on the money line, and Wyoming tied the ball game up late, misses an extra point. Uh, they kick off to Air Force. Um, 
And I'm thinking, okay, it's a little bit late in the game. They're probably going to go into an overtime situation. And that way, because really, if you watched Air Force against Wyoming, they Wyoming would kick off to Air Force. Air Force would get the ball on, say, the 20, 25-yard line. And then they would just methodically and, – and Wyoming knew what the knew yeah. Air Force knew what was coming. And they literally – could not stop the run game of Air Force. If you can average four yards of play, way behind the sticks, right? If, you know, if if Air Force got positive yardage on first down, they were going to make another first down. That's right. I mean, that's just the way it was. Yeah. So they're favored by ten this weekend with an over under total, folks, of thirty four and a half points. And don't get crazy and think, oh man, thirty four and a half. That's a, the reason Vegas sets low, low. Over-under totals is because there's not going to be many points scored. Go under the 34-and-a-half in the Air Force-Navy game. Uh, another game that I really like uh, and is very interesting is Minnesota is at number 24, Iowa. Iowa's favored by three-and-a-half. And guess what the over-under total in this game is? It's lower than the Air Force under <laughs> Under over under total of thirty four and a half. It's thirty and a half points. Wow. It started out. It started out at thirty one and a half. People have been betting the under, and I guess that's just a little over four touchdowns for the whole game. Bet don't go over. I like the two lowest totals under in Air Force, under in the Minnesota Iowa game. Number seven Michigan will be at Michigan State. They fought before the football game last year. Many years ago, there was a punt blocked at the end of the ball game uh, by Michigan State, and they were a big underdog then with Mark D'Antonio as, quarter, as, as head coach. He's back in the saddle again, taking over for the disgraced Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Be careful with that 24-and-a-half points. I don't, I don't like Michigan giving up that many. Um, Let's see what else. Central Florida is visiting Oklahoma, number six Oklahoma, with my guy Dylan Gabriel at the helm. He's looking good, but they're going up against Central Florida and Gus Malzahn, a, an offensive a good giant killer. Guru. He's, no, he's known as a giant That's killer right. as well. And I like the over 67 in that game. My upset specials for this weekend are Washington State, two upset, or at least, at the least, Cover against Oregon plus 20, but maybe beat Oregon at Oregon. That's not and, quite the stretch you had last week. That's right. <laughs> but I got both of those you right got, last I week. know. I got to admit, you and won it. And then number 13, Ole Miss is at Auburn. It's tough to win at Auburn. Just ask, ask Georgia. They won by seven at Auburn. I'm going to take Auburn plus the six. They might beat Ole Miss. And uh, the last game that I think might have some interest this weekend, 14 Utah at number 18 USC. I like Utah's defense. USC's feeling kind of bad in the mouth about losing Notre Dame. We're going to take a quick break. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake for Coach Mike. We'll be right back. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. 
In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake with Coach Mike in the studio, and it is the third Friday in October. That means tomorrow is the third Saturday in October, and that means that Tennessee will be traveling down to Tuscaloosa and playing in Bryant-Denny Stadium. I think uh, that game on has University been... Boulevard. It runs straight through the gut of the university campus. Uh, and what were you going to say? No, exactly. That game has been picked apart so much that it's now it, it's time to go play. Yeah, let's go. You know, let's, let's, go, go. let's go play it. We've we've picked apart. We've analyzed it. it. We've let's you know now it it, let's get it down to the people who really get to decide this thing. Let's That's the done. ball players. Let's let them it. let them and go. You know, and I'm going to say this. I was watching the the Texas A&M tennis, and 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 there are toothless wonders all through the state of Alabama, just like Tennessee. But I just had <laughs> – folks, I just had to laugh. Right after Tennessee made a terrific – it might have been after they scored the punt, after they ran the punt back for the touchdown. I can't remember. But you know how they'll cut to fans yeah. in the stadium yeah. waving at the camera, screaming and hollering, holding up number ones or whatever. They showed two gentlemen on the front row that had on orange and something else. And he was screaming at the camera, and he did not have a single tooth in his upper bridge. I'm just telling you, I am just, you know, I'm just telling you. And I know there are plenty of that. I was going to say, there, I'm there sure there's a lot of pictures Alabama, out there. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying there was not a tooth on his upper bridge. So, anyway, <laughs> um, one more game before we switch over to Major League Baseball. One more game uh, of interest this weekend. Number 16, Duke. They get back their uh, special quarterback, Riley. Leonard that had his ankle turned and fallen on in the Notre Dame loss, very close loss at home loss to Notre Dame. Uh, Duke gets him back. They're ranked number 16 in the country. They travel to Florida State, and Coach and I were talking about Florida State during the break, and normally Florida State has a little uh, hitch in their giddy. They're, they're, they're due for that uh, hitch to course, show up. Through the course of a year. They're now, due for that hitch against, to show up. Whether it's against NC State or somebody in North Carolina, whoever it's against, normally they'll they'll be playing pretty good ball and kind of, uh, let's see, they're from Florida. They're just sailing along nice and smooth. And then all of a sudden, uh, they forget about who's coming to town or where they've got Bolt to go. Bolt of lightning hits the mast. That's right. And they end up in a dogfight. And maybe possibly a loss. I'm not saying that this weekend's going to be like that, but if Riley Leonard's coming back for Duke, don't be surprised if it I'm does. taking the 14 and a half points. Okay. Now, last night, man, there's this ALCS is 
is now tied up. You know, Texas yes. took off and, and won two games in Houston, and now they've played two games in Arlington uh, at the Rangers' house at uh, Park. And now Houston – So the visitors have been having the, the upper hand. That's right, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so now the ALCS, American League Championship Series, is tied 2-2, two to two, and game four – Matter of fact, game four, the first pitch happened not, not long ago. Yeah. So it's going on right now. Oh, excuse me, game five. I'm sorry. Game five. We've already had game four last night as Houston pounded, and I mean pounded, uh, the starting pitchers for uh, the Texas Rangers as the Houston Astros, the first four batters, start out with four straight hits. The score was three to nothing. Before uh, Heaney, the starter for uh, the Rangers, was pulled in the first inning. Yeah. And it was already three to nothing. Um, so, you know, today, Justin Verlander, the old man, uh, has pitched more, I think, more innings than any other pitcher in playoff history. Uh, Justin Verlander for Houston is going up against Jordan Montgomery, who had a terrific outing the last time he pitched, and that was in Houston, uh, which is a victory for the Rangers. Uh, that, that, like I said, that game just the first pitch just went off a little while ago, and Verlander and the Astros are basically uh, it's even money, minus 115 with an over-under run total of nine. Think I think Houston's kind of got the momentum back on their yeah. side now. I mean, you they've got, got the Texas kind of shot their wide. They've got the Oompa hitting the ball now. Yeah. Altuve, uh, Jose Altuve is coming so. in there. So it's, uh, you know, any anything can go down as far as that. Now, um, like I said, the Astros opened the game with four straight hits from Altuve, Dubon, Bregman, and Jordan Alvarez off of uh, the Texas starter, and he was pulled after he, uh, the starter, the Texas starter was pulled after the uh, Astros got up three to nothing. Now, the score was seven, their score was seven to three, and in the fifth inning, and I don't know, Coach, you were out doing some other stuff last night. Yeah. But Corey Sager <clears throat> for the Texas Rangers, there was runners on first and second. You all stay with me. I'm going to kind of set the scene up. Texas had – the Rangers had runners on first and second. And Corey Sager, which is their big bat for the Rangers, was at the plate. And uh, he hits just a line drive straight to the first baseman, uh, Jose Abreu. Uh-oh. <laughs> Multiple and, outs coming. That's right. And so uh, Sager's teammate Simeon was on first base. Marcus Simeon, I think, is mm -hmm. his name. And as he – the line drive is caught by the first baseman. Simeon dives back to first base. Uh, and Abreu's running to tag him. And he tags him on the rear end or try, attempts mm -hmm. to tag him on the rear end. The initial call is safe. Okay? And so the inning is saved because at this point, the Rangers are down seven to three. They got runners on first and second with one out. They're thinking this, got, this, this is kind of our shot. We well, got yeah, to make something it's, happen it's now. The fifth yeah. inning. We got to do something here. So anyway, uh, as Simeon dives back to first base, 
Brayu catches a line drive. That's one out, and he runs to the runs up to the takes about four steps up towards Simeon. That's diving back to first. He reaches out towards Simeon, and it looks like he misses him as he tries to kind of tag him on his backside on his on his buttocks, um, so to speak. Well, they call him safe. Well, the Astros go appeal. And they go to video. Which is a good option at at this point. Well, if you watch it, Simeon has his batting gloves sticking out of his back pocket. It's part of him. And as Abreu catches catches the line drive and takes about three or four giant steps forward to try to tag, Mm -hmm. either get to the base or tag tag the runner. But tagging the runner is the first option. He was closer from where he was. He reaches out. And they show it in slow motion, and Abreu's glove hits the batting gloves sticking out of the back pocket of <laughs> Simeon. Double play, innings over. He's and, out. And, that's I, it. He, and, and, and the Astros go on to win. That's, that's that is a. I, I mean, mean, you know what I mean. It, it it was it was kind of incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know. Now last night. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they won a must-win 2-1 to one with a walk-off RBI by Arizona's Cattell or Kettle Marte. Um, but really the, the most impressive story of that, of that game yesterday was the Arizona's rookie pitcher, Brandon, I believe it's pronounced Fat, P-H-A-A-D-T, Fad maybe. Arizona's rookie starting pitcher did what the other two Arizona pitchers and their veterans, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, could not do, and that is cool off Philly's bats. Now, get this. The, the rookie, Brandon Fatt, went through, went through the order exactly twice, and he gave up two hits to Philadelphia yesterday and struck out nine. And this is a rookie pitcher, you know, that kept and they had to had to win the ball game. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't go down 3-0, which they did. They don't have a big book on him, Marte, too. Marte hit a walk-off single. So, tonight, uh, today, is Justin Verlander in ACLs right now. Tonight's game is Christopher Sanchez for Philadelphia faces Joe Mantiply. Hey, what happened 19 years ago today, Coach? Do you know? 19 years ago today. Wow. The Red Sox completed the only 3-0 comeback in Major League okay. Baseball history 19 years ago in the 2004 ALCS. 1968. What happened in 1968 today? Dick Fosbury. I, say, sets, I started Dick to say his miracle match. That was 69. The Mexico City Olympics. Dick okay. Fosbury sets the, does the Fosbury flop. Which is high, what everybody the high uses. jump record. Yeah. This weekend, oh, congratulations! The Preds won four to one Madison Square Garden yesterday. Um, I've already given you my upset yeah. specials, so there's really nothing else to do, is there, Coach? Except go enjoy a weekend of yeah, Tennessee you, Alabama well, football. A little late hey, now for your eight balls. I got to so. go, go buy a good cigar somewhere. Yeah. No, <laughs> I ain't firing up no stinking cigar. I'm just gonna have a sit back and have a good adult beverage. This is the Front Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake with Coach Mike. Talk to you on Monday.